welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast, helping individuals and businesses unleash their potential. Join us every episode as host Adam Gregg discusses what is holding us back and how to find hope for moving forward. Along the way, we discuss developing healthy relationships and navigating life transitions while overcoming fear, stress, and anxiety. Live the life you want, the legacy you decide. Hey, welcome back to the Decide Your Legacy podcast. Really glad that you tuned in today. We've got a great topic for you. It's on life balance, adding years to your life and life to your years. This is a question I get asked frequently, how to live with balance, what to do. There's so many things competing for my time, so many things that can consume my energy. How do I stay focused? Well, today I'm going to give you three essentials on how to, three focal points on living with balance, three things you must do if you're going to live a balanced life. Thank you for subscribing to my podcast. Thank you for the reviews. I've been overwhelmed by the comments, people reaching out, thanking me for doing it. I've been just really moved by the whole process here. Please tell your friends. Please keep subscribing. Keep giving me reviews if you like it. That really helps me to impact other people. If I just say I impact one person, it makes it worth it to me. I do have something I'm going to go over at the end of the at the end of the podcast as well, but it's a new giveaway I have called Five Days to Overpowering Anxiety. Been a very popular topic, anxiety, especially with everything going on right now. Um, don't miss this. It's a great tool for you. It's free. I think it can be extremely helpful. Same stuff. It's the stuff I do personally. And as I go over this topic um, today, you know. I try to approach topics and simplify them in a way where I could describe it to a six-year-old and they would understand it. Or you could describe it to your six-year-old child and they would, they would understand the concepts. My name's Adam Gregg, by the way. You probably know that already. But, and I'm a life coach, mental health professional. Been, been a family therapist in the mental health profession for over 20 years. And I'm going to go over stuff today with you that I talk to my clients about, even reference clients as I talk to you about it, because I think that's pretty helpful. But again, I go over information in a very basic way. And I also, I like to go over information that's helpful to me. So stuff that I am struggling with personally, and I'm pretty much struggling with all areas of my life. I'm human. I don't have all this stuff figured out. I'm figuring out as we go. In fact, as I talk about these topics, I'm reminded of things I need to apply in my own life. It gives me that clarity that I'm looking for. So I even find it that, you know, preparing for speaking, podcast writing, I mean, I often think, well, I'm getting more out of this than anybody else. And if I look back 10 years from now, I talk and want to write about things that are going to be helpful to me 10 years, 20 years from now as well. This Last thing I want to share before we jump into the topic is I am gathering questions. This is episode number eight, and I've been getting some great questions, and I'm going to start probably in the next episode at the very beginning answering two or three or four of those questions that you have. It may not be on the actual subject, but I'll get it out there. So please feel free to, sh- to give me a question. I mean, it could be about this topic or a previous episode. I would love to answer those at the beginning of every show. Why is this topic so important? Well, first of all, it's one of the most common questions I get, probably outside of anxiety. It used to be probably the most common question. And balance is tricky because if you don't have it, you're fragile. And if you're standing up right now, well, you can just think about this. If you are, if only one part of your life is being invested in, so let's say your social life is going great, but you're neglecting your health, because you're drinking beer all the time or you're you know, lying around watching Netflix and YouTube videos all the time or maybe, well, that wouldn't be 
that would be maybe your your career is going really well, but you're neglecting your family, you're neglecting your health, whatever. Well, you have no foundation. So if you're standing right now and you put yourselves, put your legs out past your shoulders, and then you squat a little bit. If I came over and tried to tried to push you in basketball, you call us a three point stance. If I came over and tried to push you, it'd be hard. But if you're just standing up straight with your legs together, because you're just investing in one part of your life or two parts of your life, then I could come over and push you and you'd probably fall. You have no foundation. Balance creates that foundation. So you're investing in different areas of your life, not just one. It's very important. People will come and tell me often that they want to invest in their life. You know, they want to get better socially. They want to start dating. They want to get in better health. And a lot of times they know what they need to do, but they actually are investing the energy into doing it. They know, but they're not taking any action. That's a problem. It's not actually balanced at that point. They're just actually thinking and they're just assessing their life, but they're not taking any action. We're going to talk about that more today. Talk about how how you have to take action. Oftentimes, we are out of balance because we're avoiding things in our lives. So, so much of life and so many of the problems that we have are because we're avoiding things we know we need to do. We know we need to invest in this area of our life. We know we need to change this habit we have. We know we need to establish better relationships. We need to do something different, yet we keep avoiding it. And that's what we say, is an, that's how addiction actually, in my view, starts, is that we know we need to do something, yet we keep avoiding it. And that's something I'm gonna talk about in a future podcast, but think about alcoholism. People get consumed in one part of their life, or workaholism, they get consumed in one part of their life, or even FOMO, like social addiction. We gotta do, we, I can't miss out. I can't say no. I mean, if whatever's going on, you know, I can't miss out, you know? And I know I have that as well at times. My mind just starts talking and saying, you, you're missing out. You're missing out on life. You're missing out on this, whatever it is. But that's a problem. And we gotta figure out a way to spread, you know, to, to get a foundation to our lives. So we're actually investing in all the different areas. Foundational decisions that we can make. So if we're hiding out in one area, we're probably going to have an addiction. We're probably going to find it's going to create some problems. We're avoiding. It's an it's an avoidance strategy. If if uh, we really want something, then a reflection of really wanting to change is going to be action in that area. We're going to make some shifts and make some changes. We need some clarity to do that. And a lot of times that clarity is going to come from focusing on all these different areas of our lives and I, I like to put them in seven different categories, making some decisions, making some shifts based on those categories. So what are those categories? Well, you know, this is the this is something it's it shouldn't be too complicated, but you have your you have your family category. Family, I'd say close friends, you got your spiritual category, you have the fun area, social and fun. All these are very important. You have intellectual, that's growing mentally. You have the financial and the career category. So I break them down to seven different areas. I mean, that's actually six. So health is one I left, on, left off of that list. So health and self-care. All are important, but if we don't invest in them equally, or not necessarily perfectly it, with perfection, but we don't invest in all of them at some level, we're going to have some problems. Now, I, the, I'm getting ready, actually, to go on a trip to uh, hopefully, I've been trying to figure this out, but on a, on a vacation to the last two weeks of, of this month, go on a vacation. And it's been really hard to do that because um, 
of COVID. I mean, there's all kinds of things changing. I've probably planned eight different vacations so far, and none of them have actually, I have not been able to kind of nail things down with, with any of them. I'm kind of getting closer. I got to make some decisions today because there's some deadlines because I've rented an RV and uh, I, if I'm going to cancel it, I got to cancel it by the end of the day today. But it's a hard thing. And if, if I'm going to, this trip is going to be like, hey, it's the social and fun area of my life. I know I need to invest in this. I know I need to do some recreation. And recreation means to recreate, to reinvigorate ourselves. But as I go, I'm gonna share with you how it's been hard for me to get this all nailed down. Um, and it's gonna relate to the content that I'm discussing today. But first of these, first of these, first of these essentials, three fo- these focal points when it comes to life balance. First one is, is slow down. Figure out how to slow down and step back from your life. Step back and reflect and don't get consumed. Don't get consumed. So for me, in this whole trip, I can either get consumed by it with all this anxious thinking, you know, I'm going to got to have everything nailed down perfectly, or I can just procrastinate and not think about my trip at all. And I've done both. I've gotten this anxious kind of reactive state and I've gotten into this passive state. And whatever you do, whatever you need to do to get clarity, you got to do it. it it's, it's so incredibly essential. And for me, I get clarity through, through prayer and through, through reading and through meditation and through yoga, um, I love to do yoga. I've really neglected that recently. Um, going on runs helps me to clear my head. Uh, going on walks helps me to clear my head. I, art really helps as well. Gives me some space for my life. If I go and just walk around an art museum, uh, can be. I'd like to just look at pictures from famous artists that are my favorite on my computer, and just I can do that for really for an hour. I mean, just look at old, uh, old, you know, pictures and no artists specifically are coming to mind right now, but I know Da Vinci is certainly a favorite, but, um, anyway, I can, I can, uh, I can do that. And I don't know what it is for you, but it's, if you're sitting there in your chair, you're standing up right now. And I've probably talked about this before on a previous podcast, you got to find a way to get space. So if you can see me on YouTube right now and see this video, you can see my hands are in front of my eyes and I can still see the video, but this, my hands right now represent anything that I could potentially get consumed by and stuck in my head with, any kind of worry that I have. Now I'm lowering them and I'm getting space. And whatever spiritual practice, whatever discipline, mindfulness activity you engage in that helps you to get space, that's where you start with life balance. Because the way I think of it too is, and two of my favorite authors have written about this and given me some real clarity. One one is a guy's name is Michael Singer, wrote the book called The Untethered Soul. Another guy's name is Stephen Pressfield. And he actually wrote a great fiction book called uh, The Legend of Bagger Vance, golfing book, but he he wrote a book called The War of Art. And he calls this the resistance. Michael Singer calls it the inner roommate. And what it means is that we have this anxiety that's always there that's saying, do this, do that, you failed, you suck, you know, whatever. It's it's just saying these this negative stuff, man. You're missing out. You know, you're you're never gonna make it. It's really it's trying to keep you safe. 
But that voice is what's distracting you from balance because it's creating this reactionary state that you got to listen to this voice, you got to listen to the resistance, and then you got to do what it says. So for a kid, it could be, you know, if I go and play volleyball, I'm going to be lame and people are going to laugh at me. If I take this risk to learn, you know, to play a piano song at the school recital, um, then I'm not going to have success in my life, you know. So they're listening to this and parents help people help their kids get space from it. But for you, you got to find a way to get space from it because then you can make decisions intuitively through inspiration from the heart inside, not from your head, not from this stuff here. It's just saying, do this, do that. So sometimes what I do personally is I take a day and I just write down what anxiety tells me to do throughout the day or so what the inner roommate tells me to do. You know, and it sounds like I'm crazy here, like I have this voice in my head, but all of you out there, you know, even kids, you guys know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Don't act like for a second you don't know what I'm talking about. The problem is, is that a lot of people, they don't want to admit that they know what I'm talking about because they don't want to get space from it. They just want to react to life. They just want to do this, 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 and they want to live this unbalanced life because it's very difficult and challenging to step back from your life and make the adjustments that are necessary. But you all have this. It's called the psyche. You know, all the greats write about this. And, and we, we got to get some space from it. I mean, it's a very philosophical, spiritual concept, but we got to get some space from it. So what I try to do a lot is, well, actually, when I'm at my best is I journal what anxiety is telling me. And I just write it down. I get some physical space from it because then I can make some changes and I can see it for what it is. So yesterday I did that and I had, I think, 18 things that I had written down throughout the day. And a lot of them are like, you know, you'll be embarrassed and you'll fail or, you know, your life's not going well. People are going to judge you. You know, you're missing out. It's all these kind of harsh, cruel things. But when I look at it, it's like I can get some space from it. I don't have to I don't have to react to it. And why is this so important is because then, you know, we're able to get our lives and make decisions based on truth, not based on fear when we get space from it. So that's step one is figure out, hey, how can I slow down and step back from my life? And even an illustration I learned from Stephen Covey years ago that I always keep thinking about, and he, I think, first described this in First Things First or The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, but it's basically that we have triggers in our lives. We have things that trigger us emotionally, and so it triggers us. It makes us feel fearful, anxious, happy, sad, whatever, and then we are going to respond based on that trigger. And so our response is a healthy thing because it means we have some space from it. So we get to choose. We get to decide. We get to make up our mind and say, hey, I want to do this. I don't want to do that. We're able to analyze our reactions, analyze the inner roommate, analyze, and then say, I don't want to listen to this. I'm not going to listen to this. I'm going to make my own decisions. And then if there is no space, that's a reaction. And so I've really, you know, I have a different way of describing it. I, the space in the middle is where we have choice, is where we get to decide. And I wanted the word decide in the name of my business, decide your legacy, very specifically because of that concept. Because if we don't make our own choices, then we're always going to have problems. We're just living life according to somebody else. We're not living our own lives, you know. And Emerson put this so well, describes this so well in, the, in his essay on, uh, on self-reliance. Um, and being a nonconformist and just trusting your intuition, trusting your instincts, getting space from your life. So that's the first thing is we figure out a way to get some space and to step back. And then step number two is where is, is getting, in getting in life balance is finding a way is, is getting 
finding a way to assess our lives in these seven different areas. So we have to actually put put pen to paper and say, how am I actually doing in this area of my life? And so all my clients, I like to have them at least on a weekly basis to actually assess their life and then rate it on a level of one to 10. A 10 is perfect. You know, one is really lame. And and if you know me well, you know we're not looking for perfection. We're looking for good enough. So they rate their lives over the last week in the spiritual area, in the friends and family area, in the social area. And then they are able to look at it and say, hey, I need to adjust this part of my life because you know the health or the fun or whatever area is a, is a three. So I need to make some adjustments in that area. But we, st- we, we take the time to assess. And in the show notes today, you'll see the assessment that I actually have my client use. Specifically, you can use it. You can give it to your friends. I don't care. It's going to be helpful to you. And it describes the seven different li- areas of life. And it gives you a chance to actually give it a score, each area a score. It's called, assess- it's called Life Wheel Assessment. And that's crucial because then you're actually stepping back and seeing that I need to make some changes. So in detail, a little bit more, I'll describe these seven areas, okay? Because I think it's really important that you get some, get, you're able to grasp this. So spiritual, that's getting space. It's finding ways to get perspective. So you have prayer and reading spiritual literature, um, volunteering, service opportunities, your faith community, engaging that community, uh, spiritual disciplines, meditation, yoga, um, and there's all kinds of different disciplines, practices. I know I have people that come from all different different lines of faith and everything, and you know what I'm talking about. And you know in your gut when you're neglecting this thing, and you know when you're not. I remember years ago when Tiger Woods had his big, uh, and I'm a fan um, of golf and everything, and when he had his um, struggles maybe a decade ago, uh, ended up getting divorced and everything. One thing that stuck out as I watched the interviews is he he kept saying that he neglected his uh, his spiritual life. And and Tiger Woods has a Buddhist background. And he had not been engaging things spiritually. And I'm I'm not saying anything about any specific spiritual practice. The point is here is is that we got to figure out what helps us to get space and engage it consistently. And I would I would even say that should be a, a top priority for people because that's where everything the foundation builds for everything in their life. So the second area and these aren't an area in, in these aren't according to prioritization. You may prioritize them personally according to your own specific set of beliefs. But family and I'd say close friends are there as well. So being a dad, being a spouse your extended family, your closest friends, your parents, you, you know, anything related to that family network, your siblings, which I've gotten closer to my siblings over the last few years, um, that's the family area. And so as we go through this, I want you to even say on a scale of one to 10, how satisfied are you with this specific, specific part of your life? And then health and self-care, getting enough, drinking enough water, getting enough exercise, getting enough sleep. Um, doing the the health practices that you know you know you need to engage in are you eating healthy or eating a bunch of garbage you know are you getting too much sugar what's going on there your health what are you doing there assess that in a scale on a, le- a scale of 1 to 10 intellectual this one's a confusing one for people but how are you stimulating your mind are you reading? Are you taking classes? Are you growing? Are you trying to do things? Your mind can be your enemy and your mind can actually be a great thing. It depends on what you do with it and how you engage it and what you're listening to and what you're putting in your mind. But what are you doing to engage yourself intellectually and to grow intellectually? Don't neglect that. But neg- 
assess that area of your life on a scale of one to 10. And if you're not, and you're neglecting it, it may be really hard to pick up a book. It may be really hard to watch like a, a video on YouTube where you're learning a new skill or you're going deeper in a skill you're passionate about. But you know that could be a sign that you're neglecting an area when it's really hard to do that thing. But how are you doing in that area? So then the social and fun and hobbies, recreation, again, you're recreating, you're reinvigorating yourself crucial area as well. How you doing in that area? And are you engaging adventure in your life, doing things to relax, to rest, to rest your mind? Are you doing things to have to improve yourself in different areas? You know, you love water skiing, you love snow skiing, you love golf, you love, you know, quilting and sewing and whatever. Uh, you love writing, but how are you doing in that area? Um, in the social, in the social and fun area, are you getting together with your friends or not? Are you doing things socially or not career and business so how are you using your talents how are you using your skills how are you developing those skills professionally are you growing more are you growing more skilled or are you neglecting your skill set are you using your talents and gifts at a high level on your job are you moving towards those long-term career goals or are you neglecting that path and just kind of reacting and going down the path of least resistance what are you doing there and then the financial area so planning budgeting you know saving communicating with people about money if you have grown kids are you talking to them about how you want your assets utilized once you're gone or are you dedicating you know are you are you talking to an estate planner are you talking to your spouse about money? Are you putting in a plan of action to manage your money well? What are you doing there? Are you just reacting? Are you reacting based on the world around you? Are you getting sucked into that inner roommate who's saying, don't miss out, you know, don't miss out on that opportunity, don't miss out on this, you know, because your friends are actually talking that way. I don't know, but you don't make money by being reactionary. I just guarantee that. You don't make money. You do. You make money by seeing an opportunity and then taking advantage of that opportunity. And it's usually things that other people haven't actually seen because you're in tune with yourself and the world around you. You know, you're not making money out of reacting to what everyone else is doing. It's just not gonna happen. That's it. We're gonna, we're gonna, you gotta assess your life. We're gonna assess your life. We gotta look at it. And a couple very briefly uh, activities I have clients do is they will decide how they want their life, how they want to be remembered in each of these categories. So they they create a legacy view, a legacy plan, and then how do I want to be remembered in each of these categories can be motivating to them. And also, they can, and this is what I like people to do too, is define what a seven is. Not what a 10 is, but what a seven is. I do that a lot with coaching clients as well. Helping them define what a, what a seven is in each area of their life. So here's a quote by from Thoreau, another, another favorite of mine. If you have built castles in the air, your work need not be lost. That is where they should be. Now put foundations under them. Now put foundations under those castles that you've built. It's just a dream, but how can we put a foundation underneath it? And this is the toughest part. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is the challenge that people have. Like I said at the beginning, people know often where they need to change. They know they need to stop drinking. They need to get healthier. They need to improve their social network. They need to plug in spiritually. They need to do something. Yet they're not willing to take the action to actually make the changes to make some life transformation. So recently my 13-year-old daughter, she she was fighting me on this, but she wants to do really well as a cheerleader. So she made the cheer team at her school. Um, and she knew that she wanted to work on her jumps 
and they have these stretches and exercises you're supposed to do and get some cardio and things like that. And so I challenged her. I said, well, here's what you could do this morning. It was 10 a.m. in the hot Wichita day, but it was before the heat had kind of kicked in. And she resisted because she had her inner roommate and all this, but she knew she wanted to do it. So eventually she actually got it done. She got it done on her own. I didn't say you had to do this, but she went and got it done. And then afterwards I went and talked to her because um, it was in between things for me because we, I mean, I've been working home primarily lately, so I get to see her a lot between my clients and projects and everything. And she was so excited because she got this done because she had faced her own fears and that resistance and actually got it done. That's an example of actually taking action. So you get to take action now. What are you going to do? How are you going to actually engage this? So for me recently, I've really neglected yoga. I love I love yoga. We got a great yoga studio in town. Um, I'm sure we have more than that, but I go to one uh, called Hadasana Yoga and just they do an excellent job. So I went for the first time to a class for in four months and used to go probably twice a week. Uh, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit there, but it was tough. It was so hard. I mean, I had to just take so many breaks. It was brutal. Um, I probably made it through maybe 60% of the hour session without doing, you know, happy baby is my go-to. So I'm uh, not happy baby. Um, what do you call it? I don't know. Anyway, just laying on my mat, doing nothing, basically taking a break, but it was hard, but it, but I got through it. I did it and I was happy that I did it. You know, for my RV, my trip, I got to figure out ways to engage, which on Friday night, I just started doing some research. I started making some calls to campgrounds. I started to actually looking into specifically what we could do. And it took some time, but I was engaging it. And I started feeling energized and better as I actually did it because it was a shift. It was a shift in my balance. If you want to get better at golf, you got to practice. If you want to get healthier, you got to just simply eat healthier. If you want to stop smoking, there's no way to stop smoking unless you decide that you're not going to put a cigarette in your mouth. And you, and you start listening to that. You stop listening to that inner roommate and you start listening to yourself. I mean, I did stop smoking. I smoked from age 18 to 22. And I stopped smoking and chewing simply not because of any book or any magic formula, but simply because I had at some level to say, the future that I want for myself is not one addicted to nicotine and alcohol and whatever. And I wasn't an alcoholic, but I was addicted to nicotine. And I didn't want that, and I still have cravings for that. You know, 25 years later, I'm 46 years old, 24 years later, I haven't had any nicotine that long, but I still have cravings for it. It's kind of crazy, but there's no way to actually stop and to make the shifts unless you're willing to do the work. And you're willing to go to bed early, if that's the change you wanna make, you're willing to get up earlier and get the exercise you wanna have, you gotta do that. And it does take sitting still with that inner roommate and saying, I'm not gonna listen to this. I'm not gonna, and believe it or not, when you don't listen, that resistance, it gets quieter. It gets quieter because you're not paying attention to it. You're not messing with it. You're not adding fuel to the fire, basically. So step three is, an, is to engage. So step one, slow down, step back. Step two, assess your life. Step three is to engage. Engage, and that's just often one thing because you know that one area of your life, one philosophy is that you start putting more energy into that one area of your life you're neglecting the most and that'll make a big difference. That's your engagement right there. So you know what that's gonna be. So write something down there even. What is something you need to engage to lower, to, to increase that high area? So let's make some application to this. And really four crucial, five crucial things you gotta remember as you make application. One is, is that life balance is hard. 
it's it's hard in the moment. It's got this long-term benefit, but a short-term, this stinks kind of thing going on. It's hard. So my cousin, Amy, <clears throat> I have two twin cousins. I have three first cousins from my mom's side, okay? So she says one sister. And my cousin, Amy, and her sister, Gina, they used to be, I would say, semi-professional dancers. They were they were NBA cheerleaders for the Sacramento Kings for a number of years. And, and then my other cousin, um, their sister, she was a rockette for five years, like a real rocket Radio City Music Hall. So these guys, they're, they're, they're seriously trained uh, athletes. I mean, and they're still both great and, you know, good shape, take good care of themselves and everything. And so one time, and my cousin Amy would do this showing off, but she'd do these one-legged squats at holidays. And we'd watch her in amazement because none of us could actually do this. And she'd just go down on one leg with the opposite leg stuck out. And then she'd do a full squat. Like she'd go all the way down, sit down and do it. And she'd do it in a way where she seemed really relaxed. And we talked to her afterwards and she'd explain that it actually is very hard because we'd all try and we'd all fall down and things like that. But she could do this. And it's the same thing with life balance. I mean, it's going to be very hard to make these shifts initially. Yeah, and it may look easy for other people like for my cousin Amy, but it's not. They've had to make some sacrifices and changes as well. So another thing is that each area is complementary. So if you improve one area, there's a very good chance it's gonna improve another area. For example, if you start making shifts spiritually, you may make some friends and improve your social life related to growing spiritually because you're engaging people with similar beliefs who are helping you out. If you make some improvements Physically, you might also improve the social area as well because you're meeting new people at the Y or wherever, at Hadasana Yoga, wherever you're going. And they're going to help each other out. So your health and self-care improves. You may also improve your financial condition, spending less at the doctor. Complimentary. Number three, not all are equal. So there's different levels of equality. Different, each one, you get to assess which ones are most important. So it's not that you're gonna invest equally in every specific area, you just can't neglect any area or else you're gonna have problems. They're not all equal. Perfection is your enemy. It's not gonna help. Perfection leads to procrastination. If you're perfectionistic, you're just gonna say, I gotta get this whole area at a 10 and it's gonna decrease all your investment in another area. You're gonna be you know, hanging out socially all the time, 100% of the time because you're trying to improve your social life. It's not gonna work that way. That's perfection. Growth occurs through tension. So you may have heard and seen the famous uh, tightrope walker, Philippe Petit, who walked through the Twin Towers um, in, I think it was 1973, has a balancing pole. And the tension where, and I, without a parachute, by the way, I don't know if he had any kind of fail-safe uh, mechanism. So <laughs> a lot easier if you had a parachute doing that. But I think... Uh, you look at these guys and what they're doing is there's constant shifts. There's constant shifts so they know that they gotta shift back to the left and their balancing pole helps them to shift their weight. And so they're finding ways to shift consistently but there's tension there. And that tension is that, that hard work that they have to make the shift. Um, but they're always doing that. They're always assessing, they're always shifting. And in, this, in the show notes, there's an article called 12 Life Balance Tips. So I'm gonna point out a few of these, but then encourage you to go read that article in the show notes, because it's, it's a way that you can make some application as well. And what I want you to do is, as you think about these, just think of which one would probably make the biggest difference in you making some shifts now, and you, you creating some balance in your life. So one idea is to just have some more fun, because that's one area where I see people, especially people that listens to this podcast, 
Um, they're usually high-performing, highly productive, discipline-type people. I want all of you to listen to it. If you're a lazy person, I'd love for you to listen to this as well because it'll help you too. But a lot of times we're neglecting the fun area. So just shifting and having some fun and saying, I'm going to have some more fun in my life, whatever it is, meaning maybe for you it's playing golf or talking to friends from college more consistently or from high school more consistently, have some fun. Track your work hours. 168 hours in the week, I believe. How many of those are going to work? A lot of you are underestimating the amount of time you're putting into work. Have a friend help you prioritize. So I got a buddy named Joe who I meet with usually every Thursday or Friday in the morning and over Zoom recently, but we just started meeting in person again. But recently I showed him some of my prioritization in my life and he helped me to assess where I need to make some shifts. And one thing he mentioned to me is, Adam, you gotta lighten up and have more fun. I hear that all the time from people, from friends and everything. So I know it, but I don't take the time to actually do it the way that I should. Number four, uh, fourth thing is establish deadlines. And artificial deadlines help you actually, artificial deadlines meaning it's not a deadline your boss has given you or a specific deadline that you have to keep. Like, you know, a real deadline could be, hey, I'm going on this trip, I'm driving to Colorado, I need to get my oil changed by the time that I leave. That's a real deadline because, you know, the trip is there. But an artificial one is saying things like, well, if I'm going to get ready for my podcast, I do best, even though I record them on Monday mornings at 7, I do best if I'm ready for the most part by Friday, by Friday after work. So because that's an artificial deadline I create. And then I become more creative because I have this artificial deadline in mind that forces me to be creative. And it leads you to having more balance because you're not wasting time. It's cutting out the fluff, basically. So do something new spontaneously. For many of you, that's going to help you with balance because you're just going to learn how to go with your gut inspiration right there versus overthinking and setting goals. And you want to set goals in all seven of these life categories as well, short-term and long-term goals as well. Also, I want you to think about something is that um, is in the in the show notes as well, um, that there'll be there'll be that life wheel assessment. There'll be um, also in the show notes the uh, something called balance tactics, which which are just ideas of things that you can do to make the shift in your life to having more balance in your life. So it's just some basic things in each category that I've seen clients do to help them make the shift. So it's ideas. It's giving you some ideas. So again, take this information, look at it. I want to summarize, you want to first of all step back from your life, second assess, third you take action, you make application, you do something with this information based on inspiration. If you have not subscribed, please subscribe to this podcast, tell your friends, love to have you, um, love to have you listen, keep listening, Ken, this is episode number eight, so I like to think that I'm getting better as I go like a fine wine. So I'm learning a whole bunch of stuff about podcasting. Eventually, again, I want to answer your questions on air. Submit those questions. Give me some questions. Also, really cool key thing is if you really like my style and this content, I put together this free guide, Five Days to Overpowering Anxiety. And again, these are things that I would do if I wanted to get out of my head and overpower the fear and the worry and I want to start making some progress in my life and get rid of that. This is the guide. This is some basic, simple things. I'm giving this away. You just got to subscribe. 
Five Days to Overpowering Anxiety. Life balance is something I go over consistently. Um, it's in my online course. It's in the con- it's in the content I go over with my coaching clients. Uh, go over it in much more depth than this and have worksheets and a process. I'm excited to see and hear about how you have applied this information, how you're adding balance to your life, how you're adding life to your life, energy, joy, fun, satisfaction. You're decreasing the stress in your life because of this information. Make a decision to do something with something you learned today. Make a decision, apply something. You decide your legacy, no one else. Don't let other people run your life. Don't let other people tell you how to live your life. It's not good. It could be their fear trying to tell you how to live your life. Don't listen to other people's fear. You make a decision. You live your own life. You decide your legacy. No one else. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. 